together as we welcome and appreciate Pastor Bruce as he comes to the platform this morning. Bruce, thank you. Well, thanks very much. You can take a seat while I get the sort of thank you band, team, legends. Welcome to church and uh, it's good to have you all here. For those who don't know me, my name is Bruce. Um, they call me Pastor Bruce, but please just call me Bruce. Uh, I'm good with that. Uh, if you don't know, I run our preteen and our high school youth program here at church uh, with the fantastic team here and, and some out the back. They're good people and I love them. Um, but in this season at the moment, obviously we're back in the building, but we're talking about um, our f- f- first love. Uh, so uh, the scripture that we're looking at is uh, Revelation 2 verse 5 and uh, it's talking to the church in Ephesus and it says, I have this one thing against you, uh, you've forsaken your first love. Uh, go back to do what you were doing, remember where you, uh, how far you've fallen. And so as I was thinking about that, in fact, uh, this isn't part of my message, this is a bonus, um, but uh, I was thinking about this this morning, like why, why is it that we go on about our first love? Like what is it about the first love that seems to be so important? And I was thinking back to when I, uh, so my, uh, in my journey, I grew up in a Christian family. When I was about seven or eight, I made my first decision for Christ. Uh, I remember um, like being the most helpful kid in the house, uh, immediately following that, just like full of like, yeah, full of like, you know, just full of beans. Uh, that sort of drifted off and then uh, drifted through my preteen years uh, until so I was 14, 15 and came back into a relationship with God. And I remember through those teen years that, that, uh, that my life would have been defined uh, as passion more than wisdom. It's probably true of all teenagers in general, um, but in terms of my relationship with God, I would consider it far more passionate than it was wise. But I remember I used to do a paper run at six o'clock in the morning delivering a daily newspaper, but I would finish that paper run by about 20 past half past six, and I would immediately be in my parents' garage. Uh, they, had a, they had a sort of long garage that had the space in it, uh, and, and I literally had a square of carpet. I had my Bible out there, and I had a, a folder. Um, you might not believe this if you hear me now, but when I was a teenager and in my early 20s, I actually had a decent singing voice. Um, so I was part of the music team. So I had a music folder with all the band songs in it. And you don't want to hear me now, just to be clear. Um, I don't know whether it's Coke or, or just a fat body. I don't know what's doing it to me, but something's going on there that doesn't, I just can't hit those notes. But anyway, but I would, I would every morning, 6.30, uh, give or take, be in that garage and I would be singing praise. I would be praying to God. I'd be reading my Bible. It was day after day. Um, I, would, I was passionate about serving in my youth group and serving my local church. I, I would do those things. I, I, uh, I went to Bible college in the end because of the, what I felt God asked me to do. Um, and, and so when I look back, uh, it, was, it was passionate. It was something that was just, it was a fire within me. Oh, um, and, and uh, I knew this was going to happen. I apologize in advance. Um, but, but yeah, so, so it, was, it, was, it was passion and, and, and wisdom. Some wisdom came later. I'm not sure I've got that much wisdom, but some wisdom came later. The cool thing is, is uh, and I'll get to this as well, but the Bible says you can ask for wisdom, which I also asked for in my teenage years and I actually believe that God gave me wisdom beyond my years as a teenager because I asked. Um, but uh, but 
first love is about passion more than wisdom, right? I remember, uh, for those of you who are married or girlfriends, that sort of thing, I remember when Nadine and I changed from being friends to, to dating. Uh, she was living in Dargaville and I was in Auckland. Um, the, the Friday night drives up to Dargaville um, and then back for youth on Saturday night. Um, yeah, more passion than wisdom. Uh, definitely that was the case. Uh, but, but you do those things, right, because, because they come out of a place where you're, you're hungry, where you're passionate, where you're loving God, and sometimes you don't care about the consequence, you don't care how it ends. And I, and I think there's a part where the, the longer we live our lives and, and the longer we sit in something, the, the, the more that sort of drifts down into a, a, a day-to-day life. We all know that in, if you're in a relationship, that, that if we're not constantly tending it, if we're not constantly building it, that our relationship can become real day-to-day, week-to-week. It's the same routine. It's the same thing. And all of a sudden, it's three years, five years, 10 years down the track. And you're like, well, this is pretty much how we were living five years ago. We're not any better as a couple. We just are. And so it's same in our relationship with God. And uh, I was thinking about this this, when when Don uh, spoke to me about doing this and, and about how to keep your first love. Um, you know, immediately you go to like, here's a, here's a list of things that you should do um, on, to, to keep your first love. And I just went, you know what, That's, that, you can get that from Google. And I've got enough lists in my life. <laughs> Work lists, home lists, church lists, shopping lists. Like we've all got lists, so I don't want to give you a list. But what dropped in my heart, even as I looked at those things that we're doing, that, that, that are helpful for us to maintain relationship with God and to maintain that first love, was, was the pivotal role that humility takes in all of it. That, that if, you, if you come to church every Sunday, you might think you're doing all right and you might become proud or, or, or think that you're ticking the boxes because you're doing that much. And so that pride can sometimes block for us from realising where we are. And like Revelation said, how far we may have fallen. And uh, please be aware as I speak to you today, God is speaking to me too. So please don't feel like I'm standing here saying I have it together. No. Not by a long stretch. I am, on, I am another beggar on the road, hopefully with some crumbs to share with you. Hopefully it leads you on a path that you can journey with as well. But I want to talk this morning for 15 minutes before the wonderful, or 10 minutes now because I've probably used up five of them before the wonderful Claire comes and tags out for me. I just want to share about humility. See, because when I think humility, I actually it's been tainted for me, that word humility, because we're so against pride that, that even when something is legitimately something to celebrate or it's just a legitimate sense of confidence that we bash it and say, you've got a big head or who do you think you are or pride comes before a fall. There's a favorite one for the church crowd. Um, and so what happens then is, is then when you're legitimately had a success and you're legitimately feeling good about what you've just done and someone then pulls you down for it, what's positive now becomes negative and the attribute that they're trying to build in you, which is humility, because they don't want you to be a proud, arrogant, uh, anyway, um, <laughs> that's how I self-censor. Uh, they don't want you to be arrogant and proud. They taint what was good and, 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 don't, and they taint the humility that, yeah, we do need to build it in our lives. And so sometimes for me, when, when we talk about humility, it, it gets tainted. And sometimes we talk about humility and, and, and we point to people who are weak or, 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 or introvert and, and not doing anything and they're just living humble. The, the classic one is, you know, the, the church will pray that God, uh, pray for their pastor. They'll say, God, we'll keep him poor, you keep him humble. 
Um, we don't live by that creed here. We, we love to bless our pastors and our leaders. But, um, but it can get tainted, and so humility doesn't always carry with it that, that strength. And, and when I talk about humility, I want to I define it how I, this is how I define humility when I speak about it this morning. I want to reframe it. And uh, hopefully you can find these in your Bibles. I think it's in there. Humility is considering yourself with sober judgment. That's in Romans, I believe. Is considering yourself with sober judgment, knowing your God and his promises and power, and understanding that you're set in a community of people that God loves. So humility is, humility is not, it's not I am less. No, no, I, I am who God's asking me and calling me to be. I am who God has put within me to be. But I'm not doing it at your cost. I'm in a community of people that God also loves. So I'm, 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 I've got what God's got for me. I'm believing for what God's got for us. And I'm trying to lift you up with me. And that's, that's what I think humility is about. It's not about me being, you know, less than, but it's all about us lifting up. In Micah 6 verse 8, it says, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you. I love that, O mortal. It's very, it's very like Lord of the Rings. O mortal. Anyway, sorry. I could pull out my, my evil laugh, but I won't for today. Used to do it at, we used to, the church I used to go to in Hara was at Harwara. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm a local, we call it Hara. Harwara in Taranaki was an old movie theater, so you shut the doors, it's all really dark in there. And the kids would go up and, and oh, so I'm going to do the laugh because I have to now. Um, so the kids would go up there in the pitch black while we're having like a church lunch. And I, even at 13, I was doing this. <laughs> These kids would pack themselves, so hilarious. Good fun for a teenager. Anyway, uh, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. See, what I want to quickly do, because I'm probably down to three minutes now anyway, but uh, what I quickly want to do is talk about humility that is about the passion that was, hopefully the wisdom that is, and the future that God has promised because we need to approach those. If we want that first love to be part of who we are, we need to approach all of those aspects of our life, our past, our present, and our future with humility. Our past is full of mistakes and good things, right? They're both. Like I talked about, like when I, you know, as a teenager, I, you know, I did some, some good and some not so good. But... We need to remember that we, where we've fallen from, what, we, what was in our past. When we look to our past, we have to consider with sober judgment who we are, who we are what has happened. Sometimes we've lived through life and, and, and we are 100% responsible for some parts of our life and our past. We made the bad decision. We, we did the bad thing. We did the, or we did the good thing. We're 100% because of the choices we made. Sometimes we're 50% responsible because there's other parties involved. Sometimes we're 0% responsible what happened to us. But then we have to decide to take responsibility for how we live after that. Because unfortunately, people have free will. Sometimes stuff happens to us. We have to choose to respond. That's our choice in the matter. So at no point do I think that we are ever 100% victim because we get to choose how we move forward. But we should be looking as well for where God was working in us and through us in our past. Look at it with humility. Look at it with God's eyes. Look at it, understanding what he says about what he's done. 
It's not hard for me to scratch the surface and go back to key moments where God's spoken to me. It's really not hard for me to go back. I can uh, and, and occasionally try and avoid it, but I can go back to about July 1999 uh, in, a, in a small room off the foyer of my church in Harwater, uh, and, and uh, I can still feel the emotion of when I felt God break my heart for young people. I can go back there. I can go back to moments where people prophesied over me at a men's camp, where I can go back to those moments and I can pull them forward and say with humility, God, you, you've spoken to me there. I can't live in that experience. I need it refreshed. I need something new. I need something for today. But God, you spoke to me there. You worked in me there. You were, you were trusting me there. God, with humility, I ask you to continue in now for what you did there. God, for the mistakes I made, I humbly come before you and ask you to help me. Because it says that God doesn't, he takes everything and can turn it for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. I still remember there's a message that, that our previous church done by a guy called Kevin Forlong called Incremental Changes. It was one of the most best messages I've ever heard because we always start facing God. God, I love you. God, use my life. God, take me as I am. God, uh, I give you everything. God, I'm going to love people like you love people. God, I'm going to serve like Jesus served. And you say that and then one day someone does something that hurts you. And you're like, God, I'm going to love you. I'm going to love people just a little less because I just this person hurt me and I can't quite trust them. So we make a just slight incremental change because our past has done something to us. And then again, something else happens because we, we live with people and people aren't perfect. People make mistakes and we, we make another turn away from that ideal that we committed to, to that first love, to that first passion. And over time, the more that we choose to protect ourselves and to not deal with the hurt, the more that we choose to, to not deal with the pain, the more we choose to not come before God the more we turn away. And the word repent isn't about forgiveness as much as it is about turning back to what we committed to, to where we were, to what He's called us to, to what He's spoken into our heart, to what He wants us to do. So we need to approach our past with humility in order for us to carry that first love again, to find that passion again, because we can let it die. Paul says to Timothy, fan into flame the gift Hopefully over time as well, you've had experiences and some of those give you wisdom if you choose to let them. They say wisdom brings, uh, age brings wisdom, but sometimes age comes alone. So it's only when we choose to actually learn something and, and grow from it. But there's wisdom that you have, there's experiences, you are where you are right now. And you can't, you can't change the past, you can only humbly ask God to bless it and turn towards where I want you to be. But in this moment, there's some steps you can take. There's some things that you can do that bring about that first love again. Repentance is one. You can repent for where your heart is now if it's away from God. If it's for God, man, that's awesome. I love it. Fantastic. I want to get around people like that because those are people that are good. But maybe you're not. Maybe you're not quite there. So you need to repent and turn back to where you were. I think another one that you can do now is to apply gratitude it's amazing how just learning to be thankful, choosing to be thankful, waking up in the morning, choosing three to five things to say, God, I thank you today for, can shift a perspective, can lift your spirit, can bring you out of a difficult moment because you're choosing to be bigger. You're choosing to think bigger. You're choosing to see the good, even in moments of darkness and difficulty. 
it, it, the stories of people whose lives have been turned around because of it are phenomenal. Choose gratitude. But it requires humility because you have to go, God, man, I thank you. I thank you for a job. I don't always enjoy it. But God, it's a job that's stable. It's a job that's, that, that blesses my family by paying my bills. It's a job, Father, I thank you for that job and that I'm skilled in that job. Or I thank you for my family, God, that they are, they are healthy and, and, and they put up with me. And Lord, I thank you for food in the cupboard. Whatever it is, find those things to be grateful for. Find gratitude and apply it to your world. And it's about humbly coming before God. And finally, obviously, making God that priority in your day. Those are things you can do now. Even now as you're sitting there, you have the opportunity to pull out your phone, set a reminder for sometime in the next 24 hours to give God 10 minutes of your day and just say, God, in this moment, this, I'm gonna, at five o'clock tonight, I'm gonna choose to step away from whatever I'm doing. I'm gonna give you that time. And finally, um, we need to walk humbly with our God. We need to step into our future with God believing him to meet us there, expecting him that he's got a purpose for us, pushing in and asking him for it. That's humility to understand that, that as much as I wish I was, I'm not 100% in control of my destiny. There are forces against me and there are forces for me and I wanna partner with the forces for me to meet God where he's got for me to go, to do the things he's got for me to do, to lift my eyes with purpose, to pick up God dreams, to, to, to say, God, I, I, I see these things that you have ahead and I know I can't do them without you. I know I can't do them on my own. Build me, create in me, become in me what I need to be. Give me purpose. Give me something to do. There's always places to volunteer around here as well. Kids, church, ignite, youth, band, create, uh, you know, tech. There's lots of opportunities, hosts. There's plenty of opportunities for you to find places to serve even here. And that is a humble position too, to say, I, I can give what I've got. And so I want to encourage you. Oh, and then celebrate the progress too. Remember to celebrate the progress. If you want a heart that continues in its passion and its first love, don't just go on to the next thing, but celebrate those wins, celebrate the growth, celebrate the whatever it is that you've achieved. So I want to just reiterate, humility is considering yourself with sober judgment, knowing your God and his promises and understanding that we are part of a community that God loves. And this morning I want to encourage you Take the passion that was and apply humility to it. Humbly bring it before God. Take your present now, humbly present it before God. And take your future and humbly present it to God. And I can tell you now that a humble and contrite heart is a, is a, is a sacrifice that God will always accept. It is one that he will apply his fire to in order for us to find that first love passion again. Don't lose the wisdom that you've got either. But man, find that passion again. That you can say, man, that first love I used to have, that's mine. Thank you very much, John. Well, that was awesome, Bruce. That was really, really awesome. Boy, we've got more. You ready? Keep it. You filled up already? You got more? Hungry? More? Let's put our hands together. Welcome, Claire. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. 
Thank you. It's nice having a table. Mm. <laughs> awesome. I love that even on the same topic, we can have such different words. And um, I'm going to give you a list. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, I'm actually just going to start with prayer because I get terrified doing this and um, yeah, don't want to do it without him. So Father, I just thank you so much for this morning and I thank you for the word that we've already received, for the encouragement that we've already received, for the fact that we get to gather here and celebrate you and, and just spend time with you, Lord. And I just ask you to give me the right words to speak this morning and that you would speak to each one of us individually in our own hearts during this morning, at some point in this service, at some point afterwards, Lord, just, just show us what we need to see. Thank you, Father. Yeah, so <laughs> it's funny. When um, Pastor Don asked me to do this, he said, you know, I want you to talk about some things that, that you found that help you stay on your first love. And I didn't say this to him, but I was kind of thinking, like, Don, I've been on the altar the last two weeks. <laughs> do you think someone could tell me what? No, but <laughs> if anything qualifies me to be up here speaking about this, it's the fact that I have got off track so often and so fast that I've had to think about how do I do this? I have had some experience of needing to get back on track. And so that's what I'm going to share with you this morning. And, and the great thing is that those same things are also the things that will help you stay on track if you're already on track. So wherever you're at this morning, hopefully there's something in here that will help you. And I really have to credit someone else for my first point because I might not have thought of it if I hadn't needed to be encouraged in it last week when I was down on this altar and someone, thanks Pam, <laughs> came and, and said some words to me that I didn't know I needed to hear. And I can't remember her exact words, but it was something like the inadequacy that you feel, the feeling that you have failed God and that you have messed up, that is not from him. Don't let the enemy rob you of what God has for you. And so my first point is, God is not mad at you. He is not disappointed in you. He is not ashamed of you. And, and probably as I say that, there's some of you who are thinking, yeah, I know that, that's cool. And there's some of you who are like, yeah, but you don't know. Like, you don't know what I've done. And, and the thing is that he's already, you know, um, all of us, have sinned and fallen short. So you're not worse than me, I'm not worse than you. The incredible thing is that the Bible tells us that God has already proved his love for us in this. <laughs> that while we were yet sinners, while we were still in the midst of our sins, he died for us, Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. And you know, on your very worst day, in the midst of the worst thing you've ever done, he looked at you and he said, worth it. The Bible tells us that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Not for the obligation set before him, not for the pity set before him, not for the, well, I guess someone has to save these guys. No, it was for the joy set before him. The joy of knowing that you get to be restored to your father. The joy of knowing that you get to come boldly before his throne. The joy of knowing that you're part of the family again. <laughs> and... You know, why is this so important? Why is it so important that we understand that God loves us? Like not just a little bit, not just in a generic way. He knows you intimately and he is so in love with you. And if you don't understand that, then, then how do you come back to your first love? Like I don't know about you, but I hate spending time with people who hate me. <laughs> like it's not fun. <laughs> if someone is like a bit angry with you, a bit disappointed in you, a bit like just thinks you're a bit of an idiot, that's, they're not the people you want to spend time with. And if that's how our vision of God is, that he's somehow like over here, like, yeah, what are you going to do next? Do you want to 
maybe do a bit better and then, then we'll think about it. No, he, he is like, you know, that story of the prodigal son, he is the father. He has his arms wide open and he's like, just come home because I am so excited to spend time with you. I'm so excited for you to understand all that I have for you. So that's the first point that I really want to encourage you in. And, and I get it. You may be sitting there thinking, it's all right for you to say those words, but I don't feel it. Like, I don't feel like God loves me. I don't feel like I'm part of his family. I don't feel like he's cool with me. Because I have all this shame that the enemy's been heaping on me. And I have all this, this doubt. And I have all, this, all these reminders, you know. Even, even this week as I was getting ready to do this. Of course the enemy's reminding me of all the ways that I've failed. Of course he's reminding me of all the things that disqualify me to stand up here and speak to anyone. Of course he does. That's just how it is. But you can't let that shape your vision of how God feels about you. Because it's not true. It is a lie. And we have to understand that he is for us. And so my second point. First point, God's not mad at you. Second point, what are you feeding on? And, you know, I find it so interesting that in, in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve first sinned, and God's like, guys, where are you? And they say to him, well, we realized we were naked, so we hid. And the first thing God says, it's not like, guys, you've always been naked, like, grow up. Um, and it's not, when, how did you figure that out? No, he says, who told you? Who told you you were naked? What voice have you been listening to? Because I know that I didn't say that about you. What are you feeding on? And um, sorry, I'm just going to have a look at my notes and see what <laughs> what you've got here. You know, we so we so love that that um, verse about be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and we love quoting that, and we love standing on that, and knowing that when we feed on the word of God, we are transformed. That I've seen the literal truth of that. But we sometimes seem to forget that whatever we're feeding on, that's producing, right? Whatever you're feeding on, you are being transformed by. And I've seen it time and time again in my life when I'm feeding on stuff that is full of fear, full of anxiety, full of death, then that is what is being produced in me as well. I don't want to be mean to anyone, but I've met some people who, who talk about having anxiety, and there's lots of reasons that people have anxiety, and it's horrible. It's a horrible thing to deal with. But you get talking to them, and then some of them you find out like they watch horror movies as relaxation and it's kind of like <laughs> you're feeling anxious and you don't see a connection between these two things. We have to be wise about what we're putting in because whatever we're putting in, whatever seeds you're sowing, they're going to produce. The Bible says God has not mocked what a man sows, so shall he reap. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. That's Proverbs 4.23. Above all else. That seems pretty significant. <laughs> what are you feeding on? And, you know, it might, be, it might be obvious. There might be some literal things in your life that you're like, man, I really maybe need to think about the impact that, you know, what I'm watching, what I'm reading, what I'm listening to, the seeds that that's sowing in me. But it can also just be things like, am I not putting in the word that I do need to hear? Because there's lots of benign things out there you can be feeding on. You can be watching things that aren't necessarily actively evil. But if you're not putting in the actively powerful word of God, then you're still not going to be producing good seed. You're still not going to have that fire. You're still not going to have that hope, that joy, that peace that he promises. I love it in Philippians 4, 8, Paul says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. And I've seen the impact in my own life when um, 
I won't go into the story of the day that my life changed because I'm, I had this encounter with God, but there, after that moment, there, it was almost like he gave me this list of things and he said to me, Claire, if you want to live in the fullness of what I have for you, if you want to live in the fullness of the freedom that I have for you, the fullness of the life that I have for you, there's some things you need to cut out of your life because you can't have both. You can't be feeding on death and expect to have life. You can't be feeding on darkness and expect to be full of light. You can't have joy when what you're feeding on is so horrible. And, and so he gave me like this list of things that it's not about religion. It's not about, um, oh, do, do this, don't do this, blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. It's just, do you want fullness of life or do you want less than that? Because it's your choice. What are you putting in? What are you feeding on? So point number one, God's not mad at you. Point number two, what are you feeding on? Point number three is situate yourself. And Jesse, Pastor Jesse talked a bit about it last week, um, about being in the place where you can receive what you need to receive. And, and I've got to tell you, you know, I've... I've been healed and I've had encounters with God in this building. I've had them sat in my seat. I've had them here on the altar. I've had them in prayer meetings. I've had them in I groups. I've had them in just conversations with individual people. I've had them in my own private time. Do you know where I've never been healed or had an encounter with God? Sat in front of Netflix. <laughs> like, <laughs> you have to put yourself in the place where you can hear where you can be surrounded by the stuff that you need, where you can be surrounded by people who will encourage you, who will speak life to you, who will call out what God has put on your life, who will prophesy over you, who will sometimes call you up when you're kind of not doing so great. <laughs> and you need a reminder that God has more for you than the less that you settle for. So situate yourself. Come to prayer meetings. It's not about ticking a box. It's that people gather and they have some incredible things to say. There are some incredible words that come out of those meetings. Don't make it a religious thing. Make it an opportunity. Like, I get to come and spend time with God and with other Christians who encourage me. Why would I miss that? Why would I do anything else on Thursday evenings? <laughs> and the final thing I want to talk about. I have no idea what the time is. There's no clock. I don't know. <laughs> Um, the final thing I want to talk about is say yes. And this is a funny one because this, what I'm doing right now is a great illustration of this. And um, it can be difficult. <laughs> I don't know if you guys realize this, but public speaking has never, ever, 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 ever been on my list of things I'd like to do. <laughs> like, no. In fact, this many pairs of eyes on me is like pretty much my worst thing. But... Um, <laughs> So, so when Don gave me a call on Wednesday morning, like this past Wednesday morning, four days ago, and um, I'm busy working and I'm like, oh, Pastor Don's calling me, that's unusual. Um, and he's like, Claire, will you do a tag talk this Sunday? <laughs> and I didn't instantly say, yes, absolutely. I was like, I'll let you know later today. But, but the thing is, I already knew in myself that I was gonna say yes, because I have decided that any opportunity he brings my way, I'm saying yes to. Just because, why, why wouldn't you? Like, if you know that God has good plans for you and good purposes for you, and that he wants to take you on this incredible journey, why would you make it slower than it needs to be? Like, every single opportunity he brings my way, every single time he asks me to do something that is terrifying and scary, and it's, I say yes, because no matter how horrible it may look, <laughs> I know that he's got me. And I know that he wouldn't ask me to do it if there wasn't a purpose and if there wasn't something good on the other side of that. 
And I have to be honest, every single time God has asked me to step into something new, I've looked down at my plate and I've been like, God, I have too much on my plate right now. <laughs> and his response is always, no worries, I'll give you a bigger plate. <laughs> and, and this is the thing, he, he, he knows where you're at, he knows your current capacity, but he also knows that he can grow you. And that if you'll just say yes, and if you'll just step in, and if you'll just let him do whatever it is that he's got in store, then, then your capacity is going to grow, and you're going to be actually positioned and able to step into the next scary thing. So say yes. And, and part of the reason that this is so important is, um, I've forgotten where I was going with that sentence, but that's okay. <laughs> say yes. Yeah. So every time I've said yes to something, I haven't felt at all able and even this week, I was just like, God, why do you make me do this? Like, you know that I'm going to get no sleep, and I'm going to feel sick, and yesterday was absolutely horrible, and I hate it. But, but I also know that, man, I'm passionate about him. I'm passionate about his word. I'm passionate about whatever it is that he wants to speak to people today. And, and maybe it was just like one person got one thing from something I said, worth it, worth the four days of stress, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so what does all of this have to do with first love? The thing is that every time I've said yes and every time I've just gone, I'm going to trust you despite myself, he comes through and he makes it okay and it actually works out somehow. <laughs> Painfully sometimes, but it works out. And, and you know what that teaches me? That I can literally trust him. Like it's not just a nice thing that we say. It's like actually true that no matter what I am trusting him with, he brings me out on the other side and he's grown me and it's good and it's better and I am on my journey and I know that, that it's all gonna be okay. So, so my four points, you need to know that God's not mad at you. You need to know that he is deeply, deeply, deeply in love with you, that whoever you are, wherever you're sat, whether you're online or whatever, he has good plans for you. He loves you and he's got good plans and he wants you to step in and not be ashamed to come before him. He does not want you to feel like, uh, I don't know if God will accept me if I come to him. He will. He's waiting for you. Don't hold back. Don't let lies hold you back from seeking him. Secondly, what are you feeding on? If you're feeding on rubbish, that's going to be what's coming out from, um, from the heart of man. From out of the heart, a man speaks. Is that the verse? Is that a verse? <laughs> um, whatever you're putting inside you, that's what's going to be coming out. If you see destruction and horrible things in your life, if you feel like your life is falling apart, if you feel like you're constantly angry, if you're constantly anxious, if you're constantly just arguing with people, then there's some things that you need to change. You need to change what you're putting in because until you do that, you will get the same results every time. What are you feeding on? Situate yourself. Put yourself in the place where you can actually, it's quiet and you can hear from him. If you need to spend more time with him on your own, great, do that. If you need to spend more time at church, do that. If you need to come to prayer meetings, if you need people to encourage you, if you need people to pray over you, do that. Whatever it is, situate yourself so that you can be restored to your first love. And then say yes, because on this journey, you need to know that you can trust him. And you don't find that out until you take a risk. So take a risk. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We pray that you would activate something in your life and shift your life towards Jesus. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more, just click follow. We love you. Have a blessed week.